0: Hey there, good Thursday morning to you. Um, I have a little business to get out of the way first before we get started with my guest Bruce Anderson, who I'm really excited. To, this is going to be a great show, guys. So anyway, don't forget August 26th, uh, California Association of Licensed Investigator, I know you've heard this before, this is sponsoring a webinar with Lester Rosen. He's a premier expert on pre-employment background checks and the FCRA, the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And the title of his webinar is Pre-Employment Background Checks in California, Dangers and Landmines Facing Private Investigators. Go to the California Association Licensed Investigators website, www.cali-pi.org. Okay, business out of the way. I've got licensed private investigator Bruce Anderson. He's the co-founder and director of investigations for Cyber Investigation Services out of Tampa, Florida. Hi, Bruce. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm really good. So, Bruce, uh, your company is is amazing. I, you're in business with your brother, correct? Is that right?
2: That is that is correct.
0: Okay, tell us. Tell me how you got to being a private investigator. I think you were in law enforcement. This is your background first? Tell yeah, me how you I, got through I, that. I, I
2: had uh, basically 13 years of uh, law enforcement uh, uh, several years ago and was involved as an entrepreneur and very involved with the internet. And, and uh, uh, I had several clients that were uh, at the time, uh, some of the top internet marketers in, in, in the country and I did internet marketing and search engine optimization. And they came to me saying, heck, we're getting attacked online, uh, from defamation type of a uh, thing. What could you, what, how can you help me? And that's kind of how it started and it started out really more from a search engine optimization basis. And boy, that quickly changed. And we, we, uh, we found a real uh, open nerve in the marketplace, and from day one our company took off and and from there we've just uh, we've grown and our capabilities have grown and and a totally different company today than what I started
0: yeah so people come to you when they have uh maybe a first of all they come to you with a breach, maybe they've been hacked, or they come to you if their reputation is being besmirched on the internet. And what are other kinds of things do they come to you for?
2: We, we get, uh, as you said, when they come to us for breaches. They come to us for stalking, extortion, fraud, defamation, unauthorized uh, sales and counterfeit, uh, websites being hacked, DDoS, uh, you name it. If it touches the Internet and computers, we see it. Uh, there's not much that we haven't seen uh, and not much from any walk of life, uh, including the NSA, that we haven't seen uh, oh, in the, in the yeah. process of what we've been doing. So
0: yeah. And so, besides the uh, law enforcement background, you've gotten, through the years, you've gotten a lot of certifications. This uh, certified ethical hacker, I love that one. <laughs> You're an ethical hacker. And uh, then you have, uh, what are these? some of the others?
1: Uh, certified
2: ethical hackers certified penetration testers certified digital forensic engineer which is uh, for uh, forensics and I'm a certified security analyst uh, and so consequently is that um, you know if, if uh, in dealing with breaches and hackers and catching bad guys and people being anonymous in order to catch them you got to think like them
0: exactly so and who who awards these certifications? How does that happen?
2: Yeah, these are uh, these are certifications out by uh, folks that are um, certification groups where you go and you get uh, uh, very comprehensive training in these particular areas. Uh, and so, to be anywhere part of the security uh, fields, if you will, that you've got to have those certifications for anybody will even hire you.
0: Okay. So I'm I'm kind of curious. If, as a certified ethical hacker, can you get into trouble um, doing some of this research and getting accused of hacking, doing detrimental hacking yourself?
2: Well, let me. Play. A lot of people don't understand what a certified ethical hacker is. Is that good point? Security, I don't. In security testing, uh, people actually pay you to hack into them to test their defenses to see whether or not you can breach them and and what their security uh, postures are and, you know, and how do you fix those holes. And so, obviously, when you're hacking into someone's system, you've got permissions and legal permissions and everything else to do Uh that, uh, which is quite different from uh, security testing where, uh, you know, some guys push the envelope a little you know, a little bit just to kind of test some things. And then there's some areas that you can absolutely go too far and it's illegal and get arrested. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have to know, you know, what you're doing with that. And so just because you you can hack doesn't mean you have a legal authority to hack. you're and, and like I said, we utilize that for security testing for companies that hire us to do so.
0: Okay, that's good. So you have, like anything, you have to know your boundaries and what the laws are.
2: Exactly right.
0: Okay. Well, you know, we rely so much on computers and our email and the internet. You only have, to, I lost my internet connection last week for a day and, you know, I now know how dependent I am on it. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> so when somebody's, somebody's system is down, like it's been, maybe it's been hacked or you, you, you have a Trojan or a virus or something like that, uh, it's, you know, it becomes a huge problem. You can't do business any longer.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have become—if you think about it—we've become a society where we're totally dependent upon technology, and whether it be uh, our websites, or phones, or iPads, or our business computers, or you know, our data backup. All of this, we're totally interconnected, and and it's going—you know—and now with the Internet of Things, you've got—you know—your uh, uh, alarm systems to your house, and your cameras, and your door locks, and light bulbs and baby <laughs> monitors and medical devices, you name it,
0: it's yeah. all connected
2: to the Internet. And uh, and right now, there's about 4.9 billion devices connected to the Internet, and and by uh, 2020, it's anticipated to be 50 billion. So it just gives you an idea of the growth of Internet connectivity, and unfortunately, security is not built in line with that.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So you're going to help us navigate this complex world, right? You're going (laughs) to, you're going to help us give, give us some tips, maybe give us some advice on what to do and um, just kind of help us out. But let's talk about the breaches first. So we've been hearing of, well, as you and I were talking offline before the show, there's the Ashley, Ashley Madison hacking case okay, uh, situation, but there's all kinds of breaches in the news. Are we just hearing about the tip of the iceberg, or what's going on?
2: Uh, yes, we're just hearing about the tip of the iceberg. Uh, to, to give you an idea, a lot of the top uh, incident response firms who you know respond to these big name breaches, and um, about ten percent of what they work on is in the news. The rest of it it never hits the news. And if you can and the reason being is is if I'm a private corporation and I have intellectual property taken or if I have, you know, uh data stolen from me but it's not, you know, in violation of HIPAA or personal information, uh credit cards and those types of things and we're not I have no obligation to report it, but yet uh, yet it happens all the time. I and mean, to give an example, I mean, we do some deep web monitoring on some stuff, and we discovered that the FBI had been hacked back in January, notified them of that, and in that, uh, FBI agents' uh, names, phone numbers, credit card numbers, login numbers, or login information for their servers and all of that information had been breached and dumped out onto the uh, net, and we discovered that and notified them, and that never hit the news.
0: Mhm. Wow. Well, I mean, and and we've all seen the target, the Sony, uh what the IRS was hacked. I mean, it seems like there isn't any group, government entity or business that's not at risk today.
2: That that is very much true and and, and, you know, and the misnomer is, is I, I, I think we have gotten comfortable over the years of thinking, well, gosh, the government will protect us. And, you know, I was at a uh, FBI cyber conference in, uh, uh, in January and, uh, and, and, you know, the head of the FBI basically said, look, you know, the bottom line is, is we don't own 85 percent de- of the devices in America. And henceforth, we have no control over that. We have no ability to police that. Uh, and, you know, they're, they've got enough just trying to protect the stuff that they have in the military and, the, you know, in the banks and those kind of things. And so we're on our own in terms of cybersecurity, but a lot of people believe that, they oh, it's, it's the next guy. It doesn't That can't happen to me, or it's only the big companies that are at risk, and that's absolutely false.
0: Mm-hmm Mm mm-hmm and so so tell me how this happens what's what's the process uh what do you what do you look for and what what do you um i guess why i guess what i'm really asking is when somebody's hacking into your system how are they going about doing that
2: there's a there there are so many ways and 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 then you have to define system you know whether that's a phone how i hack a phone uh an okay. iphone versus how i hack a android or two different avenues uh, whether how i hack a computer network how i how i get into a uh, a corporate type of network there's there's a variety of different ways of doing that and so just if you think about your computer alone, uh just a normal computer is that you can be hacked through your browser you can be hacked through the lines that you're connected uh you can uh be hacked through phishing and through your uh, uh through your email uh you can be hacked by opening up any kind of uh you know a word or pdf uh uh document uh you can be hacked uh, uh, over the air, if you will, through the interception of Wi-Fi. You can be hacked through Bluetooth, and all of that's just on one computer. Hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and so the key to hacking, and this is part of where the certified ethical hacking comes in, is that is really understanding what is the mechanisms, how can people hack you. So when people say, "I think I was hacked," well. Um, you have to look at all of those particular avenues and angles and determine how that's done. Now, with that said, quite frankly, the easiest avenue to hack is to hack people. And because people continually fall for, and I'm not talking about the stuff that looks totally obvious and, you know, uh, halfway written in English or bad Mm -hmm. English at that and coming out of Nigeria. I'm talking about legitimate stuff and And I can tell you, and as you know as part of what we do in catching back guys because we do the same stuff, is I'm real good at social engineering, and I can guarantee you I can get you to go somewhere, do something, or open something that you would never suspect, and it feels right
0: really can you give me an example
2: like what yeah so let me give you an example is that uh so I do my homework and I find out who the producer is to this show and, and all of a sudden the, you get an email directly from your producer. Okay. With that and says, Hey, Francie, I've got this person that has contacted us that I think you really ought to talk to uh, about uh, one, an upcoming show. Uh-huh. And with that, I've, I delivered a, a nice little PDF or a link of who, you know, to that person's website. I own you.
0: And what do you do about that? How do you protect yourself?
2: Well, here's... And I'm going to give you good news and I'm going to give you bad news.
0: <laughs> <And> okay.
2: <laughs> the, the good news is is that for non-targeted attacks where I'm not after you specifically but I'm after you generically. I call them drive-by shootings where, you know, you just... Happen to go somewhere, some site, whatever, and so let's just call it uh, computer hygiene or computer uh, security health. And so, if you keep your your computers uh, updated with the latest operating systems, if you keep your computer updated with the latest Java, with the latest uh, PDF, with the, la- with the latest Microsoft updates, all of these updates, which all you know, we're all. Driven by security updates, and you know, and, and sometimes there's, you know, there's several a week that occur with that. But if you keep that, then that makes it a little bit difficult uh, for a, you know for a drive-by to, to happen. Secondly, is that you run antivirus, uh, but and but the antiviruses are only good in, to to go against known. Uh, signatures that are already out there. So it's stuff that's there. But it, and so consequently in a zero day attack, which means that it's, it's never been seen out in the open marketplace. And oh yeah, by the way, the, the tools that, uh, we can utilize in doing that is I can generate one in about two minutes that will, that the antiviruses have never seen and get bypass every antivirus that's there without any problem. And, that's uh, but called,
0: and, Bruce, that's called a, a zero-day attack? A
2: zero-day attack, which means basically oh, that, that, that 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 strand of malware has never been seen in the marketplace before, uh, and so therefore it doesn't recognize its signature. And uh, And it's real easy to, as a hacker to create those types of things. I, I mean, literally, you've got tools that, you know, you punch in a few things, and boom, it spits out a code, and there you go, and we have it.
0: And, and the example, um, excuse me, the example you gave me about uh, something coming from my producer with with something attached, what if you did all these things would that be caught? No. No. So you, no. So, <laughs> really? No.
2: And, okay. and and so where I was going at is is that and the drive-by shoot in the drive-by shootings were just normal activity by most people who were not targets. Yeah. Then you're going to be okay, and and that's the bulk of it. Um, but if I'm, and this is where you have to think about it as a business owner. And let me tell you the type of tax that we, you know, that we see. So I get mad at you because you and I dated a year ago, and now you're getting married, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you, uh, or a previous business partner, uh, or a competitor that doesn't want you to do well or to keep you. Yeah, I mean, we got a call yesterday from a major casino of 40 properties worldwide that are having a serious problem with someone that's attacking them on purpose as a competitor. Um, uh, You know, so so when someone decides that they want to attack you purposefully, um, quite frankly, there's not a whole lot that you're going to do to keep them out. And this is why you're seeing the government and the FBI and the CIA and the office of uh, you know, management and the IRS and Sony's and targets and et cetera. Why are they getting in? Because they can't. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's the challenge that's happening in the cybersecurity world today. And so thinking that you're safe, if you're, if you're targeted uh, is, is probably not true. Uh, however, 90% of the, you know, the people out there that are not targets, that don't have these things happening in their lives, uh, then, yeah, you're okay with, with typical normal hygiene and health and putting your passwords on, you know, two factor authentication, uh, with your social media and your email and, you know, and locking your phones and keeping those updated and keeping your antivirus updated and keeping your computers patched and, you know, and, and uh, you know, having complex passwords, not simple passwords, and changing those up across different things, those are that's good hygiene that you can that you can utilize. And for the most people, that's going to work, okay. uh, unless you become targeted. And that's and that's the point. If you're targeted, all bets
0: are off. Well, this is not good news, but we need to take a commercial break. <laughs> Stay with us. There's more to come from Bruce. We'll be right back. Sure. Not only is Bruce Anderson a PI, a private investigator, but he's an expert in all things regarding computers and cyberspace. And you know, Bruce, um, Target and Sony and all these places have taken a lot of hits from people saying, well, how come they didn't have their, secu- their system more secure and what, you know, what were they doing? But the reality is maybe they did do everything they could and this still got through, Right. Yeah, the, well, the
2: Sony hack—the Sony hack, for instance, was a was a sophisticated hack, and you know, it was done by Korea, you know, North Korea, and you know, and and that was very purposeful to you know to go in and, and basically uh, just destroy um, you know lots of parts of their company, which is which was you know, if you really think about it, you know, that's that's weird in itself, is that a country itself could go attack a private business. In the U.S., if you did that with a missile, we would have war. Uh-huh. And and this is kind of where we're at. And, and people really don't know what to do with the cyberspace yet. But to, you know, to answer your question is is that that's what hackers do? Is they, they they work on trying to find a vulnerability and then how to get in. And and when you're a government like North Korea, you know you can staff all kinds of people to do that, and they can spend night and day on it. Right. Uh, If they really want to try to uh, you know try to attack that, and you know the the you know some of the government attacks you know we know have come out of uh, China, and so you know and so you would think that the U.S. government would be very tight in what they're doing and you know in cybersecurity and all of that. And the point being is is that it's a complex that networks and tools and Things are just so many variables of ways that hackers can attack, and you know what what we all want is the easy button. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. nobody has developed the easy button, nor do I see it anywhere near in the future. I think it will only get worse as opposed to get better.
0: Is it difficult, Bruce, to identify the source? Uh,
2: depends. Uh, it, it depends um, on who's who's doing the in, in the investigation and what your resources are. And, and so, for instance, you know, if you're the government and you're looking at some of those types of attacks, you know, they've got obviously resources and attribution codes and all kind of different things that they look at. You know, as an investigator, um, most people are not that sophisticated in one sense that are doing a lot of this type, this type of stuff. So, uh, I would say that most of the time we're able to trace it back to who's doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, but today that the way we work is a combination, it really is a combination of technical and legal power. And so what we're doing is that we're, you know, we will, for instance, uh, And a civil case can go after that, and so where not only we have the technical evidence, but we now also have subpoena power to start to run down this. But if you start bouncing across servers worldwide and a variety of things, which takes a fair amount of technical expertise to uh, do that, then it becomes much more costly that the average Joe doesn't have the money to do that, where the government does and has the Mm -hmm. connections, those kind of things. So. Yeah. Um, so it just really varies as to as to what's and happening. But most of the stuff we're seeing is that we're, yeah, we're able to run it
0: down. And what about criminal charges? Is there how about that? Is there any way to proceed criminally?
2: Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's there's certainly uh, federal charges for intrusion into computers and hacking into people's email and all these different types of things. You now the challenge is is that the Fed uh, you know, they are so busy with very serious stuff to our national security and, and major, major uh, cybercrime uh, that, you know, a lot of the uh, of stuff that even in uh, medium and to, to large corporations, a lot of stuff they, they just can't get to. Uh, and so when you then shift gears and you go down into the police departments around the country, and we have felt with good grief, a bunch of them. Uh, from, you know, large to small to anywhere in between. And the the fact is, is that these guys aren't trained. They don't have a clue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, and, and, and so you have this huge void, uh, of, and this is, you know, part of why we exist as a company, because most everything we do ends up in litigation support or criminal support. Uh, and once we can put it together for them in the formats that they know and what they can go throw a subpoena at and that kind of stuff, then they can start to make progress, and then you can get cooperation by uh, local law enforcement.
0: Yeah. I can see that their eyes probably glaze over with some of this stuff because you're you're so far advanced over, you know, fighting people who commit murders and rape and robberies. Right. Right. So um yeah. so how much what about insider theft and espionage are, are is that a big component of this?
2: We see some of it. Uh I you know there's certainly uh in a lot of the larger corporations there is certainly some espionage that go on. Uh we see insider theft a lot happen with companies that you know someone moving from one company to another or you know they have violated their, uh, um, you know their terms of uh, of employment or or I'm trying to think of the of the uh, terminology, but where uh, you know where you uh, non compete that's where I was after, mm-hmm. but you know a non compete or those kind of things, and, and, and we see a fair amount of that stuff at least at at our level. The the espionage stuff typically gets rolled up to the FBI and they will work that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this is uh, not good news, but uh, interest, very interesting. So outside of the what you do with breaches, what other kind of cases are you looking at? Or do you, are you asked to investigate?
2: Oh, well, uh, we, you know, we've uh, just trying to think through some stuff we've had uh, uh, recently. We, you know, we had uh, a, a fraud case where a um, high-level individual in uh, a large bank uh, uh, recently got notified by his accountant that he had paid uh, a substantial sum of money in income taxes and did that, but lo and behold, the accountant uh, had been hacked and they had then sent information to the uh, uh, to our client as the accountant and then a place to wire fraud, I mean to wire uh, money to, and, and consequently this was a, a Nigerian type of an attack. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this particular client had enough money to, uh, hire us to pursue it. And, uh, we did and identified backwards where they were and also contacts in the U.S. And currently that is now in the hands of the FBI. Uh, okay, good. but, but we, uh, we, but we, you know, we see a lot of, this uh, of wire fraud uh, where it's more and more where people are getting in the middle of conversations of attorneys, of uh, closing agents, of uh, manufacturers and suppliers, uh, you know, to um, get in the middle of that financial stream so that they can intercept money uh, and, and redirect money and that. So we see a fair amount of that. Uh, we see a fair amount of, of, uh, folks, you know, in custody battles and divorce battles where there's a lot of money at stake, uh, where one party has basically keylogged or something the other person and now intercepting the communications between them and their attorney, basically getting their playbook in advance and therefore knowing how to defend themselves and et cetera. So we see, yeah. we see that, you know, we so- see stalking. You know yes. it's across the board. I mean we it, you name it, we I think we've seen it.
0: Well, some people, uh, Bruce may not be familiar with uh, keylogging. Why don't you talk about that just a minute?
2: Yeah, uh, key logging is where um, you can basically see everything that someone is doing on their computer. and so you have access to all of their documents, you can see what websites they're visiting. They look at all of their emails, and you can so it's just like you had visibility on the screen of someone's computer, and then that information gets sent to you, sent to the person that is intercepting that and um, And so now they know everything you know and uh, and that can be utilized in a variety of ways. That can be utilized for uh, harassment that can be utilized to demoralize you. Uh, you know, or to uh, a lot of times, you know, we see in stalking cases that this happens to uh, cause someone to lose jobs. And unfortunately, in America today, is that if there's stuff out on the internet or someone seems like there's a problem, even though you're not doing it, uh, corporations say, you know, this is just too much risk for yeah. us. You're gone.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, do does the person have to have physical access to the computer to put on a keylogger?
2: No. No, they don't.
0: They can do it remotely?
2: They can do it remotely, yes.
0: And how would you know that that existed on your computer?
2: Um, you would ha- It would be very difficult to detect normally. Uh, just if you were operating your computer, you really wouldn't have any signs that it's on there. Uh, the only way that you're going to really know whether or not that's on there is by monitoring the traffic that flows in and out of your computer which is way beyond the technical capabilities of 99 percent of most people uh with that and it's and so we get brought in a lot of times saying i think this is happening somehow no one knows what's going on with me and and we actually can determine 100 percent whether or not that their their communications are being intercepted or not um but and the same thing with the phone uh, the, uh, the the phone can uh, can happen the same way, although phones are a lot more difficult. Typically, you have to have physical possession of them. There are some high-level government stuff that uh, can get around that a little bit, but most people don't have access to that.
0: Well, Apple and iPhones have long been um, at least claimed that they were hackable, but that's not true anymore, is it?
2: no that's not true they are not hackable excuse me. but the uh yeah, yeah no that, that that's not true they're 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 definitely hackable uh, they just aren't picked on as much and the reason being is uh America operates predominantly off of windows based systems including in, in you know and mostly in the corporate world, so therefore the bulk of the attacks have been designed for windows based systems however, there are plenty of attacks to attack uh Max. And in our, in our company, while it's not the norm of ownership, of, but we get about 50-50 of Macs and Windows that, are, that, have been, that have been hacked. Hmm.
0: And is it, is it more difficult to hack a Mac? I guess that rhymes, huh? <laughs> Than it is Windows, no. or is it just because no. they pay attention more no, to Windows?
2: It's really not. Like I said if you know. Like I said if you know what you're doing, it's really not any more difficult. It's just a different exploit. Okay.
0: And then you guys do all kinds of branding, uh, branding attacks, people, reputation, kinds of things. What? Give us some examples of those.
2: Yeah. Um, we so, uh, for instance, uh, you know, we've. We were involved in the celebrity hacks, you know, and, uh, you know, if you're a celebrity and all of a sudden you have very, um, risque pictures that hit the marketplace, uh, then how do you know where they all are? How do you know if they're taken down? How do you know how to get them down? Uh, so we get involved in that and, in uh, managing reputation with, with that same thing we've had corporations where they, someone is absolutely uh, trying to destroy the corporation. So let me give you an example of a major international insurance company. Uh, that they, were, uh, uh, they had someone that was reaching out to their vendors uh, and who did underwriting for them uh, with very credible, uh, damaging stuff and materials and documents and all of this stuff that all looked legitimate uh, that got sent to them anonymously. And to a point that uh, it was about to put a major insurer under. And they hired us to figure out who it was, and we uh, did that. And, 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 and lo and behold, it was somebody that they were in a uh, multimillion-dollar lawsuit with that he was trying to uh, influence the outcome. And, uh, and uh, you know, we have a, another case with a major, I can't name them, but regulatory organization that someone had gone to work for them, had worked for a billionaire, uh, and the billionaire, you know, was trying to influence her to leave and, uh, you know, didn't like what the regulatory organization was uh, doing in order to that, and consequently hired a, a group of uh, of uh, people to start defaming the organization and the girl, et cetera. Uh, we had a, uh, major, um, uh, retailer, uh, where the CEO had, uh, made sex lays of a couple of models, uh, and then consequently when they wanted to rat on him, uh, he started to faming them and trying to harass them and,
0: uh, and
2: consequently is, uh, you know, when his, all his legal staff tried to protect himself and we were brought in to, not only determine what had happened, but the damages associated with that. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of things related to our reputa- our brand reputation, our product reputation, uh, and our personal reputations uh, that, that come into play. Uh, even at the corporate board levels, we, we also get stalking of corporate board members. Mm-hmm. Um, and where someone has targeted them for whatever reason, and whether it's an activist group, or, and then they start to stalk and harass and, and uh, you know, those types of folks. Um, other stuff that we're doing that's just huge right now is, that as, you, as we all know, Amazon has become a major, major, major retail player.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, and, and what's happening to a lot of corporations that retail online is that they are having products that are being sold, you know, according to Amazons and Ebays and Alibabas and from there at substantial discounts to marketplace uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, you know, with that. And, and consequently is that, you know, now their distributors who are authorized distributors are going, hey, what's this? You know, nobody else is supposed to be selling and now we got people beating us in price beating us and et cetera what's happening there and so wow. we have developed real programs in order to be able to monitor that identify that and then and then on the sellers all and get them stopped mm-hmm. and uh, so those are some you know some of the kind of things we're doing in, in that world
0: you know that's just amazing it's it it just feels just listening to you talk about it, it feels overwhelming and i just uh i can't imagine. Uh, one of these uh, people that are going after your reputation y- you i mean it, who would believe you <laughs> i mean that's for starters if somebody was attacking your reputation and you were trying to fight it that this isn't true who would believe you it just uh, yeah
2: well well the, the yeah, cuz you have the you know if it's in print it's got to be true right and i mean exactly. we had we had we had a case of a guy that t- just he got in a, a argument with some troll online and for seven years, this guy, on a daily basis, put on information on this guy, fostering oh him as a pedophile.
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh, Bruce, and- we need to take another break. I, I want to okay. hear more about this. Don't go away. Okay. More to come. <laughs>
1: the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or Cali. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at CALI PI.org or call 1 800 350 CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the Council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at nciss.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler
0: with us today is cyber expert Bruce Anderson and Bruce you were just talking about this guy that somebody was putting out uh all the time that he was a pedophile for 7 years talk about right. that a little bit more that just sounds so scary uh
2: yeah it's it, it an absolute nightmare and uh and, and I said this guy is just a, he was he was a troll and uh and and they got in a you know a argument on one of the forums or whatever and then so this guy went out and found everything out uh, about the the client, and then just started uh, posturing him every way he could that he was a pedophile, and um, and and so if you looked at the first thirty, forty pages of Google and googled this guy's name, it's pedophile, such and such,
0: and um, wow.
2: and so you know so when you look at that, and so then. You know when you made efforts to try to shut him down or whatever then he would just he would re pop up another website and he was very good at you know reinventing himself he he had taken great efforts to hide his uh identity and location and blah 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 and, uh, and long story short as we ultimately it took a it took a little bit and um but we identified him we located him uh, got him, uh, served and got everything shut down. And, you know, but, and, and the sad part of this is, is this guy didn't have two nickels to his name. So what mm-hmm. are you going to sue? So the best you could do is, is you could, we could get all that information removed from the internet. And that's what some, a lot of people don't realize is that defamatory material and those types of things that attack that there, that you can get it absolutely removed from the internet. And but, um, a lot of people don't realize that there's a capability of doing that.
0: Yeah, but, how, but still, how do you unring that bell? It's already out there.
2: What what? Well, it may be out there for a period of time, but you can ultimately get it all removed.
0: So, therefore, you can
2: go back to normal health <laughs> later.
0: Well, uh, where, I, yeah, I accept where does, that. Where it
2: doesn't exist. It, it, yeah. and, so, and depending upon who you are, what type of business it is, you know, uh, sometimes it's a combination of... Uh, a public elections campaign along with, you know, what we do to get the stuff removed and taken down. Um, and, you know, we had a, a, national, uh, we had a national case um, uh, that involved a, a kid that had gotten involved in something. Uh, he didn't do the acts, but, uh, but he got named in the acts and, and consequently was going to ruin this kid's reputation for the rest of his life. Anonymous got involved. Roseanne Barr got involved. And so we had, you know, a major deal of both public relations and, uh, and lit- you know, while we were looking at litigation, and consequently, we were brought in and consultants and then and said, no, we don't recommend litigating in this scenario. Let's handle it this way. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, and so these are the kind of things that you can get into reputationally as corporations and individuals and
0: professions well I'm actually surprised uh, when you said that you could remove uh get the images removed i wasn't aware that once they were out there they it could actually be removed yeah. so that's really good yeah. news
2: through, so, through you know, it's a, it's a legal it's a legal process a combination of a technical and legal process but yes, we do it all the time
0: okay all right bruce we we don't have much time left, but could you address the dark web and the deep web a little bit and talk about how that uh works and what you can do to prevent? Them getting to you? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the the dark
2: web is the dark web and the deep web, and, and, and let me let me explain that because a lot of people don't realize this. If you if you take what we normally know as the surface web, which is Google, Yahoo, Bing, all the stuff that you normally can access with a computer, that consists of about four percent of the internet, okay? the wow. rest of the internet is a combination of the deep web which is stuff that is archived in behind sites uh you know so like the library of congress or something like that where you've got all this information that's accessible but you're not going to just find it by googling it and then you have the dark web which is really where the underbelly of where you can get uh murder for hire and fake passports and prostitution and uh you know you name it guns uh, all of that is being sold on the internet, uh, on, on the um, uh, dark web, and you have to access that part of the web with a special browser. And you know some are by invite only, and it, but it's, it's really a criminal element of the web, completely. Mm-hmm. But but anything and everything that you can imagine that you might want to buy or do or have done wrong, uh, you can purchase on online there.
0: So when Google uh, or say Bing or any of these browsers do their searches, how do they keep from including those items in the dark web in their in their uh, combination of what they're offering?
2: They, they control that through their through their algorithms of what they of what parts of the web they're they're scraping and why, and and so you know they they only scrape a section of the web. And, and where they pull that information in from, so they're not pulling in from that that particular piece now some of the dark web does trickle over because people on because keep in mind you know criminals are you know enterprises so for instance, if I'm selling uh, credit cards or bank accounts that have got money in them or I'm selling uh you know payPal accounts that have money in them uh, you know sometimes I don't just want to sell them on the on the uh, dark web is I want to cross over and advertise and where more people are seeing it that might want to buy it or, you know, some sort of toolkit or, you know, whatever. Um, so it just it just depends on, on what people are doing.
0: This is just amazing. A whole new world um, that uh, I certainly didn't know uh, existed um, in this, uh, actually, in this depth. So um, can you... I know you did this earlier about telling people what what they could do to protect themselves, but why don't you go through that again? Because I think after we've talked about these other things, it's really important. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, now I'm going to leave this on a high note. But on a okay, high <laughs> note is, is for you know for you know for percent of us that you know are just going about our everyday business is just you know keep your computers up to date with the latest updates keep your Java uh, updated, keep your PDFs updated, keep your Microsoft updated, keep all your, your specialty programs updated. If you utilize social media or email or any of those types of accounts, make sure that you put them on what is called two-factor authentication. That way, even if I have your username or password, you're going to get Notified that someone's trying to get in your account, and unless they have that 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 secret code to, or number set of numbers or whatever to get in, they're not going to be able to get in. And you're notified. There, you know, use complex passwords, uppercase, lowercase, of uh, uh, letters and numbers and symbols. Uh, typically, you want at least uh, ten or eleven digits or longer. And the reason being that makes it very difficult to then brute force, or in other words, crack them, uh, because then it just takes way too long and it's too discouraging for a hacker to do it uh, that way. Um, make sure, you know, that you've got your Wi-Fi uh, protected, and there I would consider putting yourself in behind a firewall of some sort, even in your homes these days, to help protect and some of that. Uh, keep your antivirus up to date. So all of these things, and you know, and just what I've named off, it sounds tiring. Uh, you know, just to try to keep a normal computer running, but it's all the things that are necessary to do that. Because cause if not, there are so many even legitimate sites. A lot of people think you got to go off to the girly sites or that type of thing in order to get hacked, and that's not true. Is that a lot of this stuff gets put on everyday normal websites and. And um, I think there's about forty six thousand strands of malware put on websites so daily. You know, it's only forty six thousand. Yeah, and okay. I don't know if that number is correct. I'm trying to remember from the time, but it's 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 a it's a bunch. Let's put it this way that of, of of new strands of malware that, that occur every every day. Wow. And uh, so, but if you keep your stuff up to date, uh, oh. just everyday stuff. Uh, then the odds are you're you're going to go you know you're going to do pretty well and not get uh, you know run into problems there.
0: And Bruce, um, what about these programs that will create passwords for you? Are they worth anything?
2: Uh, they're, I mean, they're just convenient. They're convenient, uh, but they you know they're 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 sometimes they're hard to remember. And so you know the biggest thing is you want something that's complex, but something that you can remember. And so you could, you know, think of some phrase but, uh, that you could remember and then just enter mix, you know, put a dollar sign instead of an S and some lowercase, some uppercase, throw a couple of numbers in there, and you've got a complex password that you can remember. Uh, and so the only advantage of the password, you know, generators are, is, is, you know, just makes it, makes it easy, but it's generally a bunch of gobbledygook that you can't remember.
0: True. And that is a problem, because I because that happens to me all the time. I go to log into something, and I can't remember the password, so I ch- reset it again. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and Because you, you can't, I mean, you don't want to have the same password on everything you access.
2: That's correct, yeah. Because what, what happens, from, you know, from a hacker world is that, let's say I gain your password, or, you know, let's say I get it from your password from Home Depot, because they got breached, and, and you're... Your email address and password was available or something, and I, I then what a hacker will do is they will go across all the major major sites, all the major social media sites with high speed uh, uh, password you know uh, guessers and and stuff that they put into those sites, and they'll go in and see how many sites they can crack and see what they can get to. Can they get into your bank account? can they get into your social media account? And they own your Twitter account. So and, and so there's organized groups of hackers that do this. That's what you know they're doing with some of that information.
0: Well, I hope you're going around the country telling people about this, Bruce. I hope I hope you have multiple speaking engagements where you have large audiences <laughs> to hear this information. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, why don't you give your website? Because I think people are going to want to contact you uh, Bruce give the name of your company and where they can reach you if they need to
2: Sure our company is cyberinvestigationservices.com
0: uh
2: and they can uh, reach us at that site and uh, you know if they have an inquiry or a question or you know have a need uh, then you know we have forms that you can enter in that will get to us and, and then we'll uh, and then we'll follow up with you
0: Okay, so they should, if they want to talk to you, they should Google cyber investigation services. Um, investigation they go to services. cyber
2: investigation services, services, investigation, is singular, and services is plural, Okay.
0: Okay, very good. We are at the end of our time. Bruce, this has been so interesting. Thank you for being on the show today and sharing, boy, this valuable information on this, on this topic. Um, And folks, tune in again next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators like Bruce Anderson. It's PIs Declassified and Francie Kaler. Thanks so much for listening.
1: You've been listening to PIs Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler.